All righty, can you hear me? I, I sure can. All right, man. Well, let's get right into it. As you know, the people listening, this is VGT, and I just, like I said, let's just talk about it. Um, I'm, I, we can just jump into the Grammys first because that was something we uh, we spoke on, and then we have uh, some other things we'd like to talk about. But just to kind of jump into the Grammys and all that, one thing that I found interesting was um, Tyler, the creator, earning best was the best rap album. And uh, his speech was great, but afterwards, I think it was the post-presser, he was talking about how he feels that, you know, with um, certain categories, like uh, like the rap category, the R&B or urban, he feels like the urban category is just another way to say the N-word. And, and I, I, kind of, I, I kind of agree with him where he's coming from, because, too, if you listen to the album he got the best rap album Grammy for, it isn't exactly a rap album. There's a lot of pop elements, R&B you know, a lot of um, electronic elements where it doesn't really fall into a rap album because there isn't really a lot of rapping. So I just want to kind of get your opinion on that and, and just because for me, I just kind of feel the feel the Grammys are irrelevant. And uh, just what do you think of the Grammys and award shows as a whole? Like, what do you think that they bring, if they bring any significance? Um, <clears throat> my, my theory has been for a while. I mean, I think... You know, back in the day, Eminem said it best. You know, like you bring us here to the Grammys, you know, to as publicity for your brand. And I I enjoy it for the entertainment value, but I listen to a lot of music, and it there's just so like <clears throat> everything now. It's hard to kind of put in each individual box especially when it comes to rap and, and hip-hop, because you do have the Tyler creators, you do have, you know, Chance the Rapper, and, you know, you have Lupe Fiascos and, and all those different mindsets that they never they don't necessarily always fit in, in that hip-hop rap box. And to call music urban now, I think most music now is, is too mainstream to call it urban because most urban music, quote-unquote, is is pop radio. So, I mean, just to kind of dial in that point, yeah, I kind of agree with Tyler. Um, I listened to his album. It, if it won, like, it, the rap category has so many heavy hitters, and it, they had, there was a lot of great albums. I, I can see why they might take that approach to to give him the best album, which I think, you know, he deserves it. Obviously, I know he puts a lot of work into his craft, um, but a lot of these, the the Grammy judges, like, what are their accolades? Like, a lot of these people, they don't, like, are, they're not fans of the music. They're critics of the music. And I think something needs to be, done about the industry itself into giving more fan-based, um, you know, award ceremonies, because that's really what matters. Um, I think Drake said it maybe last year when he won one of his awards. He was like, look, if people are going out to your shows, if people are buying your albums, if people have your albums on repeat, like, you've already won. And I think the, like, Grammys and award shows, I feel like two certain artists may feel like it's being taken away from them like all the hard work that they've actually put in but i mean hip-hop and rap is so competitive that 
that you have critics that are going to rate your music. You're going to have, you know, fans that are going to love or hate your music. And that's that's how it's going to be. I don't ever see Grammys going away unless something drastically changes. But I don't. I'm not a big fan of like watching the whole thing. I just watch the clips. And and that's the thing where where I feel like the the most valuable thing the Grammys that they bring are the performances, but. Because I can remember a lot of great performances at the Grammys that really kept me glued. I think, though, the thing that does get to me is uh, the political atmosphere where um, even, you know, let's say the Oscars. Uh, I remember the story of Denzel Washington and how he really had to, he learned how Oscars work, you know, that they're campaigning like politicians to get that award and they're sending gift baskets. It's almost like bribery. And it really just comes down to politics, who you know influence more so than the music. So the Grammys, again, it, it's just like, like it, it's definitely a business proposition that these people invest in. And that's the weird thing, like when you get to such a level like that, like um, Tyler, the creator, where he went from almost, like when I was young, when I was in middle school, it's, it's crazy how Tyler has grown because when I was in middle school, Tyler put out Bastard, and that album is about, you know, chopping people up, uh, you know, killing his father, a lot of like dark things that he was going through. Yeah, yeah for real as an adolescent and then but throughout the years it's it's like you see him progress more and more as a musician he puts out this album and then he gets this appreciation from uh the grammys and stuff but to the same degree i just oh i just kind of feel like the grammys are irrelevant and you bring up drake and i think you're right because last year he said hey like i think he was trying to give some encouragement to underground artists and people who you know, kind of make music in their bedroom when he said that, where he's like, hey, like, you guys pretty much make the industry. Like, like people forget that in the music industry, a lot of, like, ghostwriters, there are so many ghostwriters, ghost producers, people under behind the curtain, you know, and they might, they might have a SoundCloud page with a thousand followers, but they might have some great music. So it really is a crazy thing where... Like those people aren't aren't going to get as much acknowledgement because they don't have the marketing dollars, you know. And and that's the thing with this competitive landscape of music in this mainstream era, where in the mainstream world they, there can only be so much on the radio. They want to suffocate it, you know, for for maximum advertising. But at the same time, I feel like that's shooting themselves in the leg because they should be always trying to find new artists and introducing them to the public because that's what foreign countries do. And and the thing is, when you always play one artist, I feel like you lose appreciation for that artist. Yeah, I, I mean, I've said that about radio for a long time. Like, you, you ever, you know, you're probably the type you hear, you hear something before it goes on the radio, and you're like, man, this is going to go on the radio. I'm going to hate this song, so I'm going to try to love it while I can. Um, I run into that all the time because I try to look, like, Big on the mixtape scene, you know, when mixtapes were a huge deal, I try to listen to every mixtape, and then, like, I'd get my bangers, and I'm like, man, it's going to suck when this song hits the radio. And the song hits the radio, and everyone thinks it's hot, and I'm like, yo, that's old news. Like, I listened I listen to that song six months ago, um, you know, without all the, the production to it. And, yeah, Grammy, Grammys, it's one night a year, you know what I mean? And it's good for artists that get it because it's just an accolade under their belt. But to be honest, I don't know if a lot of people are really, like, in the saturated market it is, I don't think 
there's a lot of artists out there that that's their like their one goal. You know, like oh, I want to win a Grammy. I think there's just so many artists out there right now that they, a lot of people they just want to put out good music um, and create a fan base because it's so it's so competitive. So getting a fan base, you know, getting tour money, and you know, making good music, I think is what is on a lot of people's minds. Just cracking through the industry is, is a blessing in itself. Yeah, and and that's the truth where a lot of these guys, you know, they, they get to cash bigger checks once they get this Grammy. It's kind of like you get that gold sticker next to your game. So I, I do understand the competitive landscape of everything. You know, I just also, I, I guess there's, there's this part of me where I feel like award shows in themselves are just really condescending and pretentious because, you know, like you said, it's these decisions, you know, who makes these decisions, you know, who picks this, is this, an AI algorithm, it isn't. It's, you know what I mean? It's not pure objectivity where they're just analyzing everything on a scientific basis. It's it's an opinion. So the Grammys as a whole, I always kind of felt like like irrelevance is going to kind of hover it because what the ratings are going down from what I know. The ratings are going down steady and steady because people just don't care as much, you know, because awards are great, but we may have listened to whatever we listen to. You know, especially with our, within, you know, our generation. I mean, our generation Z, you know, we we really, I think we've turned away from the TV and radio more so, and the Internet has become that for us. Yeah, no, I, I, you're you're absolutely correct. Um, I mean, you, you'll see hot artists on Spotify. You know, you'll see them in rotation. You'll see them on iTunes. You know, the... And the social media game, you know, the social media game is big, too. I mean, you go to SoundCloud, you go to any of those, and you're going to be able to see the artists that <clears throat> that fans are listening to, that they appreciate, and that's where that's where they're getting, you know, their revenue now. Um, like I said, awards, accolades are nice, man, but you can't pay your bills without accolades. And I've always, I've learned that, like, trophies are cool, they're shiny, they're nice to have. You can put them in on your wall, but really, it doesn't always equate to money. If you're getting your money right, that's all that matters. If you're keeping your fans happy and you're putting out good music, at the end of the day, you know, just just from an artist standpoint, like that's that would be my thought process, and that's how I go into situations too. And I'm like, if I never get an award for anything, like I put out good content, I put out things that my fans enjoyed. And that's really the two my two big, you know, concerns. If I get recognized, cool. If I don't, I'm just gonna keep it moving because, you know, it's not something that I'm gonna lose sleep over. And I don't think a lot of artists lose sleep over it. Just especially when they get nominated, I think that's just a big deal to a lot of them already. Like just being even thought of. You know, so I know you had Dreamville, they got nominated for a lot of things, you know, J. Cole Jake Cole was on there a lot, um, but you know, I don't. Uh, he walked. You know, he, Jake Cole is a prime example of. I, I don't think he's a guy that really cares, you know, about winning or not. He just wants to put out good good music. That's very real. And plus, I remember the line he had on Fire Squad where he said, uh, "It was uh, put me at, at an award show," and it kind of reminded me of like some 
like the, the cadence of it, like some old Eminem shit where he's like, you know, disgusted at an award show, but he's talking about put me in, put me, put me at an award show, like, um, like watch Iggy win a Grammy as I try to crack a smile or something like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, like something like that. And, and that's the thing where it kind of comes down to like, he can be a great artist who has honed his craft as a producer or a lyricist, but you know, some chick with like some like weird genetically like altered ass can like beat him out because she's more marketable. That's the weird yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think you already nailed it on the head. I mean, it really stems from politics, man. It's politicking with you know the right people. It's not pissing off people. It's 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 riding the line. It's you know it's it's a lot of that. It's who's marketable. I think who. I mean, like. You know, Billie Eilish. You know, she was, she's a like a huge marketable personality now. You know what I mean? So when she won, I was like, okay. I mean, I don't. I enjoy her creativity. It's not her. A lot of her music's not down my lane. I but I still listen to it. But it's just not something that I vibe to a lot. But when she won, I could see why because of I understand the politics of it, why she would have won. I mean, she's out there, you know, she's a real person. She's not, like, she's, like, the anti-Hollywood, but she's safe. Like, she's a safe personality. She's not going to go off the deep end. And she's, you know, this young artist who is very marketable to young kids. Um, and, she, you know, she, she's, she's out in left field a little bit. And... I think that's the Grammy's way of showing, like, hey, yeah, we'll we'll vote for someone off the beaten path, but you know, she's still, you know, she's kind of still a part of that mix where she's got a good team around her. She's, you know, she's obviously been groomed to to be able to to, to perform and perform, you know, around that type of atmosphere, you know, so. But when she won, I was like, yeah, I'll figure. <laughs> and plus, she's so young. It's, it is crazy, too, to think how young, you know, certain artists blow up. And it, it makes my mind boggle because, like, you know, when artists blow up at 16, 17, 18, that is just such a mind fuck because to be so famous at, like, such a developmental time, that is really, that must have, that has an effect, I think, psychologically with you're so famous. I think it has maybe some positives, but, you know, some negatives as well, where, you know, maybe when they get older and they're not as famous and that kind of starts to taper away, I feel like that a lot of these, you know, artists or it doesn't matter, it could be athletes, musicians or, or actors, like they, I think that there's this emptiness that grows because they're not that recognizable famous person anymore. So it's like this weird, yeah, it is. It is weird how young artists get broken into the industry, and that's that. That does kind of mess with my head a little bit, especially knowing like the kind of, I don't know, like the kind of creepiness that does go down. It just you know it makes me think like I hope uh, you know Billie Eilish like has a good manager. I know I know her brother does a lot of the songwriting, so you know as long as like she has a good team around her, I think that she'll she'll be all right in the future and. She also was it. She she kind of she got she got a lot of backlash from uh, the hip hop community over some comments. She uh, I think it was Vogue Vogue magazine or Variety, one of those. And and she said oh, something along talking about like, fake rappers. She was talking about that all these rappers are talking about things that they don't actually do. 
Yeah, and yeah, but and then people got mad. But I was listening. She didn't say anything derogatory, and they were comparing her to Miley Cyrus. Where if you go check out Miley Cyrus's comments, Miley Cyrus's comments were much more surface level and stupid, and they were much more like for me just like spiteful. Especially when Miley was like working with Mike Will made it, Liz Khalifa, like Juicy J, like you know what I mean. But people are claiming Billy Eilish uses the hip hop aesthetic, and I don't know. I feel like that's just that's just people who are pretending to be sensitive, looking for something to be mad at. But in all actuality, she's not wrong. She says that she a lot of these rappers are her friends. And she says, they talk about AK, she's like, what, no, what, what are you talking about? You're from the Valley. I get where she is coming from because not all, most of these young guys coming up, not all of them have street credibility. So they're really trying hard to force it. So I don't think Billie Eilish is wrong. I just kind of feel like people were in their feelings because it's a, a white pop star. But to compare yeah, her to Miley well, Cyrus, I don't know. Miley Cyrus, is, it's not the same thing. So, so to dial back on that, Billie Eilish hasn't said anything that a hip hop artist hasn't said. You know, I, I can't remember. I mean, this is it's gone on for for years that discussion. You know, if you're a hip hop artist, there are very few actual rappers slash hip hop artists that are in that game anymore. Anymore, they could have been, but when you make it to that level, now you're a business and. There's few, there's still few, like, that still gangbang, still sell drugs, but they're being dumb. You know, you got the Takashi 6 ix out there. But a lot of these rappers, I mean, 50 Cent, if he's talking about guns now, I'm not listening to him. You know, and that's the thing, mm-hmm. like, Jay-Z, he doesn't talk about, like, shit he used to talk about because he's grown. He, he, he understands that game. Like, well, what are you guys talking about? You guys are not doing this shit. You're not on the, you're not on the block. You're fucking in the hills. You got fucking 20 cars. You're not about that life anymore, so you need to grow. So really, she's she's not saying anything that hasn't already been said in the hip-hop community. I think what you already said, it, it's this, you know, white pop chick that um, she does borrow stuff. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, can we get over this, like, to, like if, you're, if you, you want blurred lines or not, like, you want it called urban music, or, or what do you want to call it? Because if you want to branch out and make the pot a melting pot, if you want to be considered, you know, a cross-stream artist, then who cares what you wear? Like, why does it have to be hip-hop? Why can't it just be you like it? Like, if I saw a country artist wearing a grill, like, on his teeth, I wouldn't be like, oh, he stole that from hip-hop. Because it's not really stealing. He he probably likes grills in his mouth. He probably liked it. He It could have came from hip-hop, you know, but a lot of people are like, oh, you're stealing from you're stealing from us. You're stealing from us. Those are the people that aren't making it for themselves, I feel like. When, when you have people, like, pointing the finger and calling people out, they're just mad that someone else is doing it and it's not them. Happy people don't complain, you know, like, there's, there's little to complain about when you're a happy individual. But a lot of these people, they're just they're keyboard warriors. They don't like, the, you know, they got shit going on in their lives that's wrong, and they want to project it out to other people. I think 
I I appreciate who you know Billy Eilish as as an artist and kind of what she does and you know she she really I don't know why she's got caught fire I mean I get it but it's something to to kind of throw to the wind like who, who cares like, let this leave this girl alone yeah yeah and then that's the thing I wouldn't even call it fire I mean I would call it maybe a, a ember because if if I mean I get you know I think people are just kind of on edge. And they're looking to place, you know, that that energy. But to the same degree, I remember reading this article and they were comparing her to Miley Cyrus. I just thought that is not fair at all, because Miley Cyrus did apologize for her statement, but she was just saying like, I just I don't like hip hop anymore because it's all about like, you know, she was trying to say all about like, oh, suck my dick, this and that. She like the way she said it was disrespectful, but also Miley. You were twerking and rubbing your your chicken butt on a married man on stage. Like, what are you saying? It's like the way she like like she doesn't. I don't think she really thought about what she said. Like, well, in my like, Cyrus is a big generalization because that's not all hip hop. <laughs> you know, I know. She forgot a huge demographic of hip hop artists that that don't talk about bitches sucking dick and they're actually talking about real problems. And they're not talking about girls twerking. It's the music that you're listening to that you don't like. Like, fucking broaden your, you know, spectrum a little bit. You know, sip on some different wines. Not all that music is, you know, and that's why I told a lot, a lot of, about a lot of people, oh, they talk about, you know, money cash shows and bitches and smacking girls. I'm like, that's the music you're listening to. But there's, like, real, real thought going into some of these hip-hop songs these rap songs, these artists that are out there that you're not listening to because you've generalized them. And that's been a problem a long time, like, with 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 anything. You know, you put a generalization on it, then you're not going to be able to, like, experience the, you know, the, you're not going to be able to savor the taste of, of real good anything. And, and there you go. Like, you couldn't have said it better because... It, it it also just kind of felt like the biggest hypocritical thing because she was literally made a, made, made a song called, like where she sang in the club wearing Jay wearing Jays with my chains on and shit, you know, or some shit like that. And it's kind of like you know you yeah. made that music. What the fuck? Why are you like you put out a whole album of that? Yeah, shit. You made it not like you made a club banger and then you're like I don't like that type of music. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so like it, it, it just felt like so condescending. Like I'm above that now. It's like yeah, and then she goes and puts out her uh, country album and it bombs. It's like yeah, no shit. Like it's it, it's like it, I don't know. Like, you can just see the the energy. She's like, all right, I want my white fans back. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the way she acted. What happened? She thought she could make it into that that hip hop world, and then she like. Flops, and she's like, "Well, I got a safe place in country music, so I'll just go back and make country music." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't blame her for trying, but don't don't knock it after you do it, and you made a good hit. Like you made a hit record, like leave it alone. She had a couple. She had a couple good records. Like, yo, that I, I I dabbled in hip hop a little bit. It wasn't for me. I had to go back to country because I felt comfortable there. Like I, I did, I couldn't break through as like a, a hip hop, you know, part of that community. And then leave it at that. But don't fucking like don't criticize it. And especially when you were in it, you were a part of it. You were profiting off of it. 
Like, shut up, eat your cakes, go do your country music, and leave hip hop alone. Speaking of hip hop, there's some. Oh no, keep going. I'm sorry, man. I don't want to. No, 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 no. Keep going. I was just saying that's fair. I was just kind of ad libbing. You keep going. Yeah, no. So a big thing that I'm uh, that that I'm looking forward to um, is getting your thoughts on a lot of the new music that's come out lately. Um, who are who are the the guys that you're listening to right now that have dropped albums in the last like couple months? And um, what what do you think about hip hop right now, just as far as the content that's coming out? Um, I think well, I think that there's a diversified array of music coming out. You know, I think that there's a lot of stuff on the underground, and it's tough because I only have so much time. And uh, I do put out a playlist every month of music I like. You know, roughly like 30 tracks. Um, I try to find, you know, underground artists and just, you know, music on YouTube I like, maybe some old stuff, you know, from the 90s and trying to introduce some music to people that they might not know. But um, there's this guy, Aaron May, I really like. He put out an album called uh, Chase, which is kind of funny and ironic, but he put out this album uh, called Chase, and it's I've been, I've been vibing with it. He has a very chill vibe. Um, kind of like a lo-fi jazz sound, but it isn't drowning. And uh, he seems like he has a lot to say. His music is very touching. And, um, of course, like on the bigger mainstream level, Eminem did drop music to be murdered by, which I thought was very impressive. And I think it's his most impressive album since uh, his hiatus. You know, I think it's, you know, better than pretty much. I mean, I don't know. The Marshall Mathers LP, too, was pretty good. It's just there were a couple tracks I didn't like, but I do I do like music to be murdered by quite a bit. I do think it's a much more return to form. And what I think about music to be murdered by is that you know I know people were offended, of course, by Eminem's lyrics, but also it's kind of like people were complaining that they wanted that Slim Shady back, and he went full Slim Shady again on this album. And he just went full Slim Shady in its uh, album where he's talking about murder, horrific things. But it, that's pure. If you're an Eminem purist, isn't that kind of what you want? And um, I, I know that there's a lot going on. I know Meek Mill's about to drop an album. Little Wayne just dropped an album. Well, like, like that, there's, there's there's quite a bit going on, you know. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, man. When I first listened to music to be murdered by. I was, I, I guess I was going to have a different perspective going into it because he just, you know, last year he dropped Kamikaze which he like went at everybody. So I was expecting like another like this album, especially because Nick Cannon was like <laughs> talking this shit. <laughs> I had the most, like Nick Cannon, rest his soul, he gave me like the best two weeks of entertainment I've had like in a long time because the his bars are trash, his video is trash, the premise of his songs are trash. Uh I was just like, man, what do you I was asking myself like if he had something important like to like to try to push and market. I'm like, are you trying to push something? Like what are you what are you trying to get publicity for something? Because I mean, I don't know. And then like the more he like brought music out I was like Eminem's not going to respond. And then the moment I thought, like, he wasn't going to respond, and then music could be murdered by, uh, was dropped. I was like, oh, he's going to talk about it on this. And I'm like, wait. I mean, did he? I was like, I've never heard Nick Cannon 
the name in the in his album. Like, did I miss something? And so, like, I went into it with a wrong perspective. So at first, like, I kind of like I I shouldn't have done it. I should have actually gave it a good listen. But I was just really skimming for like like bars, and um, I was like, man, that's not as good as Kamikaze. But over the last like over that week. I, like, really listened to it. I listened to the vocabulary he used. I listened to, you know, his, his punchlines, his deliverables, you know, his his structure. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, this is definitely, like, a Slim Shady-type type album. Um, he gave Slim Shady fans exactly what I think they wanted. And for those who, like, didn't like it, I think it just went over their heads because... I mean, he's a wordsmith. He's an intelligent wordsmith. And when he puts things together and, um, you know, Godzilla, which I think a lot, like a lot of fans really enjoy that. He broke, you know, he broke his own record on that uh, on that soundtrack. Um, had Juice World on it. I think he had a good, good chorus on there. And then um, Darkness, which, which follows that one, um, storytelling at its finest. And he, you know, does the double entendre where you think he's talking about one thing, and he's actually talking about another thing. And I'm like, okay, okay, I see it. And yeah, he's a solid album. Um, I'm actually downloading that that uh, the album you just told me about from Aaron May, so I'm gonna listen to that later. Uh, Roddy, Roddy, uh, what the fuck is his name? Roddy Rich. Rich. Oh yeah. Mhm. Um, I started listening to him. Um, I, I wasn't going to give him play because I've only heard him on a couple songs as features, and I was like, I don't think I like his voice. And I actually just gave that a listen through uh, the other day, too, and I thought that was a really good good album. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely check that one out. It's, uh, what's, what's the name of the album? I'm sorry? Oh, what's the name of Roddy Rich's album again? Um, it's... Uh, what was it? I just had it pulled up. It's like anti-social. It's like... Um, oh, sorry for being anti-social. Yeah, please excuse me for being anti-social. Yeah, so it's a little bit older. It's for, I think it's from December. Um, but I just finally gave it a listen. Um, but yeah, Roddy Rich, he's a, he's a pretty talented artist. I, I gotta give him that. Gotta give him that. You got A Boogie with a hoodie on one of his tracks, and I really like A Boogie with a hoodie. Yeah, I love, I love his name too because it's so catchy. <laughs> yeah, the hoodie, Roddy Rich. But I just I like how they kind of sound like pro wrestlers a little bit, like with the name oh, like yeah, Roddy Rich. <laughs> they do, they do sound like some wrestlers, man. Um, did you catch uh, Mac Miller's um, album Circles? That's the thing. I've only uh, I've I've gone through a portion of it. I need to finish up the second half. I've been wanting to. I, I've been kind of. I don't know if I, I don't really do album breakdowns anymore. So I kind of like to take in music as it comes. But from what sure. I've heard, I've, I've liked. I will say this: like from most of what I've heard, I have liked. Yeah, it's different. It's definitely um. It's, it's a different album. I think it's a good send off for him. I mean, it's really like low it's a it's a just a chill vibe type album um not really like it's not really bar centric it's really just you know they let the music kind of speak for itself and 
you know, he does his thing on a lot of the tracks, but it's a lot of just musical just structure put into that album and I think a lot of thought went into that album. So they um his family and um I think one of like his friend I can't remember like who actually kinda of put it together but they did they did a fantastic job of of putting that piece together. And that's the thing with posthumous albums where they can really be hit or miss. And, like, you have the worst-case scenario of, like, Tupac where they put out so many posthumous albums where it can kind of, I don't know, I feel like it it, it's, it was too much. But then you have examples like Jay Dilla's album, uh, The Posthumous Project, which was actually pretty good, and this project, which is also fairly good. Like, from what, I, from what I've listened to, like, the first seven records are really good. And... I've been I've been listening to so much music and it's tough sometimes because there's so much out there. Like Little Wayne dropped 24 tracks on his album, and it's just insane. And, but with um, posthumous projects, like my take on it is like it, it can always be a gamble. So when I uh, when I looked into it and uh, the producer, I can't remember the name of the producer, but um, the the producer who put put together the album and everything, he was talking about he did a track by track breakdown of uh, the sounds and and why him and Mac did did what they did. But I was just, I was listening to the album, I just kind of felt like, damn, like, because I remember listening to Swimming, and I think Swimming was like the final bridge, if you think about it, where, like, he was still rapping, but it was kind of like with Igor, you know how we're talking about that, where, like, this was going to be the bridge where, like, he was going to do an album that really wasn't going to be a rap album, it was going to be more so a vibe, like you said, a little bit more um, like crooning and, and emotional, but it's, it's interesting where you do see where Mac Miller's creative energy was flowing into. Yeah, and the, I mean, it's a gift and a curse because, you know, that's going to live, you know, after they, you know, after they pass, but the, the thing is, too, is like, you don't know what he wanted to put out, you know, like as an artist, you know, you will never be able to know like why he didn't put that song out or if he if he wanted to change something. You know, so it's like it's it's a lot of pressure on anyone that puts that that album together, especially if it's someone that's close to that, you know, that person. Because they got all this pressure like, oh man, like is this what he would have wanted? Is this what this person would have like how they would have would have wanted to structure this song or this beat or how it sounds, um, a lot of pressure. And I don't know if I, I like if if uh, if I had an artist trying to, you know, like, something happened to them, I was like, nope, not not doing, not putting any of this stuff out because I have no idea. I don't want to mess it up. So it takes a lot of courage, I mean, to put it out. I mean, I wonder too if I don't know. I feel like if if I were in that position where I'm getting offered certain contracts with labels. I would definitely try to put in a clause where if I do pass, they cannot release any of it. Like any shit in my hard drive, you are not allowed to release because it's if if you're not there to oversee it, you know it's definitely there is the caveat, you know, where there is um this gray area. But in the case of Mac Miller and Jay Dilla, certain people it did pay off and the music was good. So it, I guess it, maybe it's just a perspective thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's already out. Um, I, I enjoy it. I mean, like I said, I got to be in the mood for it. Like if I'm, you know, if I really just want to vibe out and not really 
think too hard and just let the you know flow hit me. Um, you know, that's something that I, I I got on my you know playlist. Exactly, and and yeah, I mean, I was actually you know what was funny is I was uh, scrolling on datpiff.com last night for the first time in a while. Um, I was editing my uh, my my podcast about Little Wayne, and I, I just put it out, and I just wanted to get some of his free music to put on the, the podcast intro and play one of his older songs on the outro. And I remember I, I was listening to the dedication and I was just thinking like, damn, just going back, listening to that. Like, like, I think, I think people should just start going back and listening to mixtapes by a lot of big name rappers. Because if you go back and listen to Wale's old mixtapes, Kendrick Lamar's, uh, Schoolboy Q, it, it does put in perspective, you know, growth because you know you get to see, you know, like for instance, Kendrick Lamar put out his uh, Training Day mixtape in 2005, and that's a good listen. I think people should go peep that because if you go listen to that project, you it's more of a raw Kendrick Lamar where it's just he's just hitting people with punchlines and bars, and you could tell how how he has stylistically just evolved up to now to this point, and you get to see it. Yeah, yo, you hear me? Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, Lil Wayne when he made those dedication mixtapes, that that boy came out of the fire, man. <laughs> like when he made those, I believe he was the greatest, you know, rapper after Hove. Um, that those mixtapes are probably one of my favorite selections. And uh, I haven't listened to Lil Wayne's new album. I know that there was some mixed reception to it, but I know I have it on the, you know, I have it on speed dial ready to go, you know, next time I'm in the car. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I enjoy Lil Wayne. I mean, he's he's been doing it, you know, one of the longest to do it right now in the game, you know, as far as a mainstream artist. You know, still relevant. And, you know, I look forward to listening to it. I know I've already went into it, though, with uh, knowing that there's been mixed reception to it. Yeah, and, and plus, I feel like with Lil Wayne, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you're either going to like it or, or don't, not like it. Because at this point, you know, Lil Wayne's in his, in his later, later years, and he did have a few, you know, albums that really didn't do too well, like I Am Not a Human Being, that that series, Rebirth all of that, but after, I think once he got out of that contract with Birdman, I think he's put out some really good music, and it's hard-pressed because I think that people are going to look for something wrong, look for anything, like, and look at everything Lil Wayne is doing with, like, a fine-tooth comb. Same thing with Eminem, same thing with Jay-Z. Like, I feel like the bigger you get, the more critical people get. So in sure. the case of Little Wayne, yeah, and, and to to in the case of Little Wayne, it's like I mean he put out twenty four songs, so most likely like like he's giving you a mixed bag, right? And he's saying, hey, pick what you like, delete what you don't, and I I think that's kind of with Little Wayne, like you know he he's putting out so much music for you to kind of pick your favorites. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, and when you get to the, when you get to that that point in their career where you made it, you know, they don't need to make music anymore. You know, they, they do it because it's sport for them. You know, they just want to put out content. And, you know, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate being able to 
you know, every, you know, every year or every six months when they have some new project, listen to what they're up to, listen to what their thought process is. I mean, that's why I enjoy music so much because you get to listen to their stories and, you know, through music and see what, where their mind's at, see what they've gone through over the last six months or a year. And, you know, getting to those legacy artists where you've been listening to them over the years, you know, a lot of people don't make it that far. You know, when when you kind of look at the, the big catalog of hip-hop rap artists, there's so many that fall off after their, you know, their glory days, you know, where they, you know, made it big and now they're on Love and Hip Hop, you know, or they they go missing, <laughs> you know, they had the, uh, what was that, Double XL, where they always had that uh, missing milk carton and they would put an artist on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, there's so many artists that don't get to make it. So being able to listen to artists that, that are still relevant today, that are still making great music. Um, they're still taking risks, you know, with their albums and their art to to show people that there's other dimensions to them. Yeah, I think is great. And then with the Eminem, you know, kind of re, you know, rehashing old personas and, and getting back to, you know, what made him who he was and, juggling all of those personas and trying to make everyone happy. You know, same thing with Lil Wayne. You know, he, he's dove into so many different genres. Uh, just a creative mind and, you know, trying to make good content for people. So I'm still going to listen to it. I have it on the I have it on the, the queue. It's just, like you said, man, there's just so much music out there that it's hard to digest yeah. it all. Yeah, dude, there's so much in, in every, like, area and facet. And also, if you want to get international, like, you can listen to Russian rap, like, French hip-hop. Like, yeah, there's yeah. so much music. I've been uh, listening to a lot, a lot of old school, like, Sam Cooke. Like, I've been listening to a lot of oldies, oldies, just to, like, give me a, a different listening ear. Um, so I've been listening to, like, a lot of, like, first-generation, like, rhythm and blues and just a lot of old stuff now so it's like eh, I'll turn turn the channel and then like I listen to a lot of podcasts too like I listen to your podcast I listen to you know Joe Rogan's podcast he's he puts out two hour three hour sometimes even four hour podcasts like kind of like you just get wrapped up in and I'm like damn I didn't listen to this album tonight <laughs> but yeah man um, which kind of leads into the next thing like what are you looking forward to coming out um i mean there's a there's a lot of stuff i'm excited for you know i've been perusing the internet and there's a slurry of people you know i've been communicating with um uh, and and uh, i'm excited to see them drop you know who are kind of in my circle but um outside of them like yeah, i want to see what what kendrick lamar does i do have a suspicion he might drop an album um, because 2020, I just feel like this is going to be a year where he, where he decides to on um, some s- s- symbolic shit. Um, I foresee Kanye West dropping again. I foresee, um, I, I, I want to say, let's see who else. I mean, as far as far as two newer people, I think Roddy Rich is going to drop again for sure. I think A Boogie, 
Um, I think 21, of course, uh, Migos are going to drop. Cardi B is going to drop. I think 2020 is going to be the year of a lot of A-list albums coming out in the summer. Um, I think J. Cole is going to drop, too. I, I think pretty much a lot of the bigger names are going to be dropping. And then, too, on the underground scene, I would expect um, albums like from, um, I would say, like Immortal Technique. I, I know like, this seems like a, a far-off thing, but I, I just kind of have this suspicion that uh, people are going to be coming out of the woodwork more. I think uh, if Locksmith hasn't dropped an album within recent time, then I think Locksmith will drop an album. So, yeah, I, th- I think we're going to have a lot of music coming out. And there's, there's so many rappers. Uh, I foresee Tech 9 um, I foresee Muddy Waters 2 dropping by Redman this year. I, I yeah. foresee quite a bit. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, just as far as, like, well, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think they're, I mean, I would like to think they're mainstream, but they're really not. And when I say mainstream, they, they don't really get played on the radio, but Run the Jewels, I think uh, they got something planned um, for 2020. Um uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if Lil Uzi Vert actually drops his uh, his album because I know he's he's always like with the antics of that album. You know, he's like, they won't let me release it. I don't have it finished. I got it. I'm not releasing it. I quit music. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, <laughs> Kit Cudi uh, apparently might be releasing something. Hopefully, um, I mean, this is just speculation so far because nothing's been released. The one thing that I am kind of disappointed, though, is uh, is Joyner Lucas is supposed to be releasing in 2020, but the way he's released his songs, a lot of the set songs are supposed to be on ADHD, and I feel like when you put out songs like that, you've got to put out the album like right after you kind of put out your singles. Because now you're going to have old singles on a new album. So everyone's going to be like, all right, I've already heard all this stuff. You know, because all the stuff is able to be downloaded off of fucking iTunes. You know, so. But I like Joyner Lucas a lot. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. And you already know I love Joyner Lucas. Um, who else? Yeah, so I think Kendrick, J. Cole, I think they'll definitely put out something this year. Um Hopefully, maybe maybe Dreamville will get back together, put out another, um, like, a Dreamville album. That would be nice to see those creative minds work together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think those, those are the only ones I can really think of off the top of my head. Yeah, the Kid Cudi one definitely caught my mind, too, because Kid Cudi, you know, he had a, I think he had a great, um, I think 2018 was very good for Kid Cudi because Kid See Ghost came out. Um, and uh, also, before that, you know, I, he put out a few projects. He put out Speeding Bullet to Heaven, which I enjoyed. And, you know, I think critics have been especially harsh on Kid Cudi since he has left good music. But in my opinion, and maybe it's just like the rebel in me, I do like some of the new stuff he, he was doing before he linked back up with Kanye. And um, even Passion Pain and Demon Slaying, you know, some of the music off of that, you know, I, I do give my hat tip my hat to him because like the way he has been willing to experiment is is really interesting, you know, because um, experimentation is everything for me. So, right. well, I, I just, I'm just interested in what he does because it's not going to sound like the last thing. 
you know that that's what that's what excites me. I hear you on that. And uh, let's see. And um, I know before uh, we wrap everything up, like, do you, do you think um, what what do you think is going to be like like as far as like hip hop? What do you think? Do you, do you think that there's going to be a big event coming this year? Like, because part of me feels like there's there's going to be some some crazy shit happening this year that is really going to change the landscape the landscape of hip hop even further. And I don't know exactly what it is. I just kind of have a hunch it's going to happen. You know, like um like a new trend. And I I don't know. Like I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna hop on it. I'm just wondering like what what it's going to be. I I just have a feeling it's going to happen. You know, because it's the beginning of the year first quarter, I think second quarter something might happen, you know, as far as like trend or our, our um, sound, I think something's going to emerge that people aren't ready for. Kind of like with, with Old Town Road last year, how that kind of came out of nowhere, I think that yeah. might happen again. You know, I haven't, I mean, that's a good question. I, I don't like to try to be like a fortune teller, but, you know, that's it's always nice to kind of get surprised. I don't know, man. I think what would surprise me, I think, as far as a trend, is getting these artists more business-oriented and getting them to kind of get their own, like, their brands, you know, kind of, like, start getting into an entrepreneurship space. You know, I think a lot of the reputable names are starting, you know, have been getting into, you know, 50 Cent is a big entrepreneur. He's been doing a lot of you know, producing, he has his own, you know, he has his companies um, to see more artists kind of take a more business, like um, entrepreneurship to it would be nice to see. That would kind of surprise me a lot to see like these, you know, artists kind of, instead of endorsing other products, making their own, you know, making their own clothing lines, making their own, you know, their own way. Because, you know, if music doesn't work, then at least you have these other, you know, business ventures. Um, I would like to see more collaborations. I feel like we have, we've kind of opened the door for joint albums. I just, I would like to see more collaborations instead of like maybe one or two features on with each other, like do like a joint album with, you know, someone. I know, while back we actually talked about what the what if of you know Drake and J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar getting on you know a, a joint collaboration together and how that'd be pretty cool um, you know I always welcome that so like getting big artists together to, to do collaboration that would be a nice trend to see um, I don't know I, I, I want to keep an open mind. I, I haven't thought about it, but now that you asked that question, I probably will um, try to think about it more. But just off the top of my head, you know, kind of give you at least a little bit of substance on that yeah. one. I do agree, though. I do think collaboration albums should be more popularized. And that, that's what's interesting, you know, because you were talking about Run the Jewels, again, one of my favorite duos. Uh, you got Prime, Royce the 5'9", DJ Premier, Bad Meets Evil, Royce the 5'9". You know, I mean, goddamn, Royce Five Nine is a busy man because what, oh, 2018, sure. he dropped what the album Prime Two, and he dropped Book of Ryan. So he dropped two, like maybe like 17 song projects, in in, in under in a year. So that's pretty crazy. 
You know what would surprise me now that I thought about it? You know what turn I'd like to see or a surprise? I'd like to see Joe Budden come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him come out of retirement and make an album. Cause now I like that, that too. The, the thing is about Joe Budden, I've always stood by Joe Budden ever since his um, debut album, was when he came out, social media wasn't like a big thing. And he had the gimmicky song, Pump It Up, and I think everyone thought he was going to be a radio artist, but when they listened to the album, they're like, wait, hold up, we can't put this on radio. And then he went big in the mixtape circuit. He's a huge mixtape king, and then he just never broke through in the mainstream. But now that he's got his own podcast, you know, he's more vocal, he's more, you know, he's on social media more, I feel like if he were to come out of retirement, Oh, and he was big on the battle rap scene, too. So if you were to come out of retirement and make an album, you know, just one, just give us one, like, with with good production, get some features on there with, with new hot artists. And, yeah, I would like that. That would surprise me. Uh, that's, that's something that I would look forward to in, in, in 2020. Like, that would be a trend, these rappers that maybe had not had it back in the day come back and, like, do an album. Like, that'd be cool. Uh, I do second that motion. I think a, a Joe Budden album would be a nice, you know, breath of fresh air, especially after this kind of a second win that he's had in his career with the podcast and, um, you know, everything struggle, all that happening. You know, maybe we can get a DJ academic to this record. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> see where it goes, man. Like, that's what's exciting. Like, yeah, the Joe Budden, you know, his resume does speak for himself. You know, his, his mixtape discography, um, what he, like, just his lore. Like, you know, like how this guy was once in the industry, like signed a Def Jam on a major label and how he got cut away from it, went to the mixtape circuit, and then he joined up with Slaughterhouse and then he's back in the big league. And then eventually Slaughterhouse disbands, and then he re- he eventually retires from rapping and starts a podcast, and then it comes back. And yeah, I think that this this could be a really interesting resurgence to Joe Budden. Yeah, I know he still got it. I know he still has bars. I know he has a whole book ready to go. I know it. I know he has it hidden somewhere. I like I said, man. I I I've always liked him. I've always enjoyed his. Uh, you know, his his wordplay and, you know, he's really just about just, he's about just, like, killing the, the beat, just killing the bars. He doesn't, like, do a lot of, like, he he's, like, that old school, like, just rapper, you know. He doesn't worry about a lot of what, you know, doesn't worry about a lot of what rappers worry about now. He just wanted to, like, go heavy, deep into it. And just make you feel like make you feel the song, make you feel like the pain or whatever he's just trying to articulate, and he would make you feel it through the song. Yeah, that's real, dude. Yeah, I, I do think that too because if if people people should go listen to the Mood Music series or another I, one of my favorite mixtape ever mixtapes by Joe Budden is a Loose Quarter, and um, you know uh, and what I like about that mixtape is that. There's definitely a lot of the emotional spectrum, but there's this song called uh, Mama Said, and then there's another one called Off to the Races. So people should go peep those if they want to like hear Joe Budden, some of Joe Budden's best writing. 
I agree, man. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a nice discography, so can't go wrong with him. Well, brother, thank you for coming on the show, man. It's always a pleasure to have you. And uh, yeah, man, we're gonna keep on cooking up, and um, yeah, let's stay in touch, Always. collaborate a little bit more, and um, I'll keep me posted on what you're doing. I'll make sure to you know just just keep it up on my social media, let everyone know, and uh, and you know before anyone goes, make sure to go check out VGT's podcast. It is on iTunes. It is like like it is it's the Who Is VGT Three project, correct? Yeah, it's uh it's the Who Is VGT Three project. Um, just started the podcast. I think I'm about ten. I think I'm about like eight, nine episodes in. Um, yeah. Check them out. I talk about a lot of stuff. I'm also still on the blog. So who is vgt3.com? Also, who is vgt3 on the Instagram and Facebook and the Twitter and all that good stuff? You can find me on there. Plus, I do stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, on mixer.com/slash who is vgt3. If you want to check out some gameplay. Talk it up with me live. Um, I mean, I'm into everything right now. So, so you, you, if you want to find me, you can find me. I'm, I'm everywhere. Hell yeah! Well, I'll make sure to drop a link to everything: your social media, your blog, your podcast, and your mixer. And make sure that people go check it out. Uh, you, you put out a lot of content, and that's one thing I like, man. You, you're, you bust your ass. You're hustling, and uh, yeah, dude. Like this, I appreciate you coming on here and spitting some knowledge with me. Always, always, brother. Well, you have a good weekend, all right? Uh, You too, man. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. Later.